Welcome to Together Apart. If you and your significant other spend a lot of time apart due to traveling or demanding schedule, this is the show for you. Dr. Christina Real is a psychologist whose husband works out of state half the year. She brings her personal experience and expertise in dealing with that reality to this show. She and her guests give you practical tools and solutions so you can navigate the unique challenges of sticking together while you're apart. Now, here's Together Apart, hosted by Dr. Christina. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Together Apart podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christina, and here with me today is my husband, Matt. Today on the show, we're going to focus on giving and receiving love in the face of the challenges of being together apart. At the end of the show today, you should all be able to identify your own what's called love language. You'll be able to identify the challenges due to the unique situations that you're in in your own relationships, and then use some self-reflection tools in order to better understand the barriers that you might bring to the table when it comes to giving and receiving love in a together apart situation. So welcome back to the podcast. Thanks. Glad to be back. I'm really glad you're here with me to talk about this topic because we have devoted a lot of time to understanding the way that we love each other. And it's something that in the beginning of our relationship, I didn't know we had to do. All my past relationships were very different than ours. And I feel that we were really intentional about understanding each other and how we functioned in our relationship. I'm excited to be able to talk with you about the differences between our love languages, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. And and the importance of understanding one another in a very fundamental way. Yeah, I'll, I'll be the f- first to admit that when I was younger, I didn't quite grasp that love was something that needed to be communicated. And just because you know we were in a relationship or I was in other relationships, that the, the act of being in a relationship with someone didn't mean that we spoke the same love languages and um, maybe I had a lot to learn about how each of us as individuals has a different style of giving and receiving love that is essential for a healthy relationship. And uh, I think only through our, as you said, an intentional focus on it, were we able to kind of tackle some of these challenges uh, with the Together Apart topic in mind specifically. You really have to be more aware of giving and receiving love in a together apart situation because of the challenges that come up in this kind of relationship. So you've heard us talk a little bit about the love languages or five love languages, and I want to define those for you. Gary Chapman is a counselor, a marriage counselor who has over 30 years of experience. And through that experience, he defined five ways that individuals give and receive love. The first one is work. Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation are phrases or things you say to your partner that build the other person up. For example, saying thank you for certain things, saying that you appreciate them. The next love language is gift giving. And this is anything large or small that you would give someone, um, and it's a physical token of appreciation or love. Acts of service is the next, and that's doing something for your partner that they would like. So for example, doing a chore that they normally 
they do that they don't particularly care for, doing something around the house that they don't expect you to do. The fourth love language is quality time. This means not only being next to your partner, but actually spending time with that person doing something that you both enjoy, having a long talk, taking a walk together, getting off social media, and really paying attention to one another. The fifth and final love language is physical touch. This could be as simple as laying down next to your partner on the couch, holding hands, hugging, or having sex. After hearing the descriptions of these five love languages, you really might be finding yourself connecting to one or two. And these are likely the love languages that you receive love in the most or that when your partner does something that aligns with that particular love language, you hear, I love you, I love you, I love you. The important thing about recognizing the love language that you receive love in is that oftentimes we give love in that same love language which may or may not be the love language that your partner hears love in. Gary Chapman actually puts out a book that you can purchase called The Five Love Languages, and it gives you more of a deep dive into each one of the different languages that he discusses. Another thing that you and your partner might want to do is actually go to the Five Love Languages website and take a quiz. And that little quiz will tell you what your primary love languages are. Yeah, when we first started talking about this topic, I remember how easy it was to naturally just, mine kind of hit me in the face. I mean, mine overwhelmingly are acts of service and physical touch. The worst part about having those two love languages is when you have a career that requires you to work a lot of hours or travel, um, those are the most difficult, I guess, in my opinion, to uh, recreate from a physical distance. I'll ask you, what are your love languages? You know very well, they are not the same. (laughs) Um, And this was a challenge in our relationship. So my primary love languages are words of affirmation and quality time. Quality time also being one that is difficult to achieve when you're in a, at a distance. So right off the bat, as you can tell, Matt and I do not have the same love language. And when we were first starting to work on this in our relationship, I was telling Matt all the time how much I loved him. In fact, I was virtually beating him over the head with it. But he wasn't hearing I love you. He was not receiving love the same way that I did. So that's one of the pitfalls of having these love languages is that when your partner's love language is different, you have to actively try to speak in their love language, which is not as natural if it's not your own. Yeah, and I, being acts of service oriented... He was mowing the lawn, quite literally, I think. Let's just say the first Valentine's Day together, she got a wire rack and a toaster. And that is not a joke. No, that's not a joke. I have photos to prove that. But he was giving me something that was very practical, that solved a problem that, and it was very acts of servicey. Here's this thing that I was hearing. What I want for breakfast is a toasted bagel, and I solved the problem with my active service. So some of you might be wondering why we categorize the wire rack and toaster as a act of service rather than a gift. And the reason is because of the intention behind it. So it would be considered a act of service for us because the intention there was to solve a problem and to fix something for me or do something for me. For me, my my acts of service drive, especially being an engineer, is, is so hard for me to overcome. So 
Uh, it's even more important that I'm very, very intentional with Christina's love language. Yeah, and I think he does a really good job most of the time. And it's it's great that he has committed to that. And I, and I think this is another point. If we are going to be in a successful relationship and cross these distance barriers, we have to be committed to making changes in order to help our partner feel as loved as they possibly can. And that brings us to this idea that there are situational challenges that do come up with being apart. Each of you listening is in a different situation. And I would encourage you to start to look at your particular relationship and identify what specific barriers are going to come up in your own relationship. And we actively have to problem solve that. So when it comes to problem solving, sitting down together and having a very real conversation about the complexities of your situation will allow you to do that. Yeah, and some of those situational causes you're going to be able to control or manipulate and change some things about, you know, your situation, your lifestyle, and some of those factors, you won't have as much ability to influence. So some of the things that you might be able to influence is your social priorities. You know, what are you doing uh, in between shifts or travel or however you're spending uh, your your quote unquote free time? Um, many of us have hobbies. It's very healthy to keep hobbies for our self-care, but how much time is appropriate for those hobbies? When it comes to those factors that are not able to be manipulated, sometimes the shifts, the time apart, the amount of travel, you're not going to be able to manipulate that. And so you have to change something within yourself and your expectations of your partner in order to feel fulfilled. So for example, if I expected to spend X amount of hours per week Week with Matt and that was the only way that my quality time love language was going to be fulfilled, I would be extremely disappointed virtually every week because there's no way he would be able to meet that need. So I had to start to really examine what quality time meant to me and I can tell you that now I view our phone calls and our FaceTimes at the end of the day as quality time. Whereas in the earlier stages of our relationship, if you asked me if a phone call was considered quality time, I would have told you no. So for all these external challenges, one of the tactics that that we've implemented in our own relationship is to sit down and actually look at these variables and ask ourselves, okay, what can we change? Is this enough? And even sometimes month to month, revisit what we've said it is enough or isn't enough because it'll change. Matt mentioned sitting down and really talking about these values and these barriers to Uh, giving and receiving love. And I just want to let you all know that actually we're going to be talking about these marriage meetings in two weeks on the podcast. So not next week, but the week after. We're going to have an extremely special guest on the podcast to talk about that. But when it comes to identifying these challenges, I would encourage you to get on the same page with your partner. So this can't be one of you understanding the barriers and attempting to problem solve them. This really has to be the two of you sitting down and 
understanding where are you fulfilled in the relationship? Where are you not fulfilled in the relationship when it comes to giving and receiving love? What are the challenges that are coming into play? And how are you both going to actively make changes in your actions to support the health of your relationship? Part of the way that you can really do this is by using some good self-reflection techniques to understand what barriers you might be bringing to the table. And what I mean by this is asking yourself, what thoughts or behaviors do I have that may be getting in the way of me giving or receiving love? As an example of this for me, so for me, through a lot of self-reflection and a little bit of observation on Matt's part, we figured out that approximately 24 hours before Matt would travel, I would do this weird thing where I would completely try to disconnect both physically, emotionally, and mentally from that. And it was really my way of protecting myself from feeling lonely. So I would not engage in conversations as much. I would be, what, like a little bit short? Yeah, it was just a little cold shoulder in in the anticipation of an upcoming travel. And it wasn't an intentional, I'm not going to talk to you because you're traveling kind of a thing. It was much more Subtle. I mean, subtle is the only way to put it. I mean, it was just this this little change, these small differences, and it was just enough for me to notice that you were a little bit disengaged. It was like aloof. I would become like aloof. Versus like all in on like whatever we were doing, talking about, etc. I even noticed that physically I became distant. So if you tried to hold my hand or snuggle on the couch, it's not like I would push you away and say be gone. But I wasn't as open to receiving your love language, really. And it wasn't until you, I think you pointed it out to me where you kind of said, hey, you know, what's what's up when this happens? Yeah, I think I just noticed it and wanted to get some of your feedback on it because um, what was, what kind of was the trigger for me was uh, in the anticipation of travel, I was trying to be more close to you. So you were kind of rejecting, like you said, those the love languages that I was trying to speak. So yeah, he was trying to connect or turn in and I was disconnecting and kind of turning away. And and not that I was turning to something else. It was just, it was much more of a protective instinct than anything else. If our love languages were the same, it might have been actually harder to identify. But I think mm-hmm. because our love languages are different, it actually allowed us to flush that out a little bit faster than we otherwise may have done it. Yeah. No, this was really important because it it, it was a, through a lot of reflection on my part and, and hearing and receiving the feedback that Matt gave me that I was able to identify sort of this self-inflicted barrier to connection prior to travel. One of the other tactics I have for self-reflection, especially while I'm out on the road, is um, just being very mindful of my focus uh, and some examples of the questions that I ask myself. You know, am I focused on what you're doing or what you're not doing for our relationship while I'm on the road? Uh, also being very mindful and uh, to look out for you speaking and engaging me in, in other love languages that aren't mine. So if I'm only looking for, for mine, that's a warning sign because 
mine aren't always possible on the road. So I really have to look for those other signs that you're communicating your love to me. Another thing is just communicating my schedule uh, and, and receiving your schedule. That way uh, we can carve out the time to talk and hopefully do so when we can both be engaged in that conversation. So it's it's not two uh, ships passing in the night with a quick touch that's impersonal. It's carving out at least a couple minutes every day to have uh, a really engaged, undistracted conversation with one another. It's taken me some time to develop those, those little checkpoints uh, while I'm out there on the road, but it's made all the difference to feeling more connected with you while, while I'm out there. These are such universal principles that can be used in so many different situations. And I'm so glad that you were able to be here with me today again to talk about these things because it is such a pivotal point in creating a healthy relationship to focus on how you are giving and how you are receiving love, understanding yourself, identifying those challenges together, problem solving, and really self-reflecting on what you bring to the table. And just remember, you're not going to maybe do this right the first time and being very generous with your forgiveness with one another as you learn uh, each other, maybe at a uh, more intimate, deeper emotional level than you've known each other before. And hopefully through that process, you're able to connect and have more enjoyment in your relationship. Be willing to have the hard conversations that are going to get you to the point where your relationship goes from good to fantastic. So thank you for being here with me. Thank you all for tuning in with me for this fourth episode of the Together Apart podcast. I hope you enjoyed learning about the love languages and how you can bridge the distance by self-reflecting and by engaging with one another in some thoughtful conversations about how you give and receive love. Next week on the podcast, you're in for a treat because we're going to talk about self-care. We have Jen Mislinski who's going to be on the podcast and not only is she a mental health professional, but she is also a partner of someone who travels about 50% of the time. So she has a unique perspective similar to mine and I'm looking forward to talking with her here about self-care and why it's so important. In relationships that um, you live together apart. As always, find me on social media at Dr. Real on Instagram and subscribe and like the podcast. If you're willing to give a review, that'd be great. I look forward to bringing you more next week. Thank you for tuning in to Together Apart with Dr. Christina. For more resources and information, head over to drreal.com. Be sure to hit the subscribe button and join us next time for another episode of Together Apart.